Ben, do you have strong pumpkin opinions? As in, like, which pumpkin you prefer? No, it's based on usually it, it's very visual. I go for, like, what's the orangest one for sale right now? Really? I always go for the same one. I'm a Kent girl. Kent? Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, is it Kent? But it's all seasonal. It's it's like avocados, you know. Hass has got something about it at certain points of the year, you know, that Shepherd doesn't have. Sometimes I would say it always go. does. I would say Hass always. I would say Kent always. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got a very, very clear view of mm. what side you're on. Yes. Hi, you're listening to Ingredipedia, Australia's most opinionated food podcast. I'm Ben Birchall and I'm joined by Emily Naismith. Hello, Em. Hello, Ben. Today we're talking pumpkin. I've got lots of feelings, yeah. lots of opinions. You've got you've got a very like your your eyebrows are like arched. I feel <laughs> like I'm gonna get both barrels of, of Emily opinion on this one. But let me just prepare you. I've got some opinions too. Mm, let's fight about it. Let's do it. Ben, do you have anything you do in the kitchen that makes you feel really wholesome? Like the way you cook or prepare something? Yeah, at the moment um, I'm using a dough scraper. In, you know, it's to keep my knives nice. Like if I'm chopping a heap of onions or something in the past, I would have like scraped them up off the, off the cutting board with my knife. And I know that that makes mm. knives go blunt. So I got a dough scraper because chef Andy, Andy Herndon, who's been on the, on the pod before he, I, I watch him religiously. He always uses one. So I'm like, if it's good enough for Andy, I'm going to use one of them. So that's my wholesome, save my knives, do the right thing. Do it like Chef Andy would do it. That is pretty wholesome. For me, it's cooking pumpkin seeds. Uh-huh. It makes me feel like a frugal American housewife <laughs> who lives on a ranch because like when I cook a pumpkin now, I can use everything so there's like no waste oh, and that's so, like using the seeds and stuff. So you actually use the, the seeds from the pumpkin? Yeah. Because that, that is the thing about pumpkin is you feel like you're throwing a lot of the pumpkin away Yeah. When, uh, after you've... Never. Or if you if you buy Kent, which I strongly recommend, <laughs> eat the skin. It's delicious. So it's like nose to tail eating, but with pumpkins. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I am obsessed with putting different spices and salts on the pumpkin seeds mm. to make them a little delicious after dinner snack. And I wanted to share some of my favorite flavors and like how to do it in the easy easiest way, which is obviously why I like doing it. So. Um, <laughs> First of all, you scoop out the seeds and it doesn't matter if there's some flesh attached. You just like do it roughly and then put it in a bowl of water. And then after five minutes, like all the fleshy bits have kind of like dropped to the bottom and you just scoop out all the seeds. Okay. And you dry them with a tea towel so they're pretty dry. And then you add the oil. I use extra virgin olive oil, Maggie beer, got it for $2.30. That's like my biggest bargain, my biggest scoop of my life. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then add your toppings. So does, my s- does Maggie beer olive oil have verjuice in it? <laughs> no, but I have verjuice. I should make some verjuice pumpkin yeah, seeds. Yeah, you next time. Um, so my standard favourite is chicken salt mm. because, like, why would you mix spices and salt together when the greatest spice and salt concoction <laughs> has already been created? Uh-huh. And then you just roast them in the oven on 160 degrees, which is, I guess, pretty low for 20 to 30 minutes until they're brown. Okay, so, so we've got some chicken salt pumpkin seeds to try. And then I've got two new combinations to see mm. if I can beat it. I mean, can't really beat chicken salt. Mm, I made these a few days ago. They're probably not as crisp as they could be. Mm. 
I mean, you know, it's anything with chicken salt on it. Yes. Delicious. Yeah. So my first new one that I haven't tried before is dill pickle pumpkin seeds. Mm. From a recipe on wholefully.com because wholesome. So to make the dill pickle pumpkin seeds, you have olive oil, pickle juice, dill, but every supermarket in the land is out of dried dill at the moment. And I don't really have that many dried herbs at home. So there's no dill, but I put in extra pickle juice. Okay. And then garlic powder, sea salt and black pepper. All right. And these ones, they got a little bit black in the oven. Maybe it's the pickle juice. Are we basing these on like how 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 pickly they are or just whether they're delicious? Whether they're delicious. Mm, they are delicious. Yeah, a little bit more kind of complexity than the chicken salt. Mm-hmm. It's not just a salt hit. There's a bit of yes, bit of sweet, bit of umami. Yeah. And then my um, final one is chili anchovy. So this is anchovy salt and chili flakes. Okay. This is red boat chili salt, so it's very fancy. Tell me about this, the anchovy salt. Well, I found it at um, this Ooh. place called Suckers. I think it's called that S-A-C-C-A-S. I think I need a beer with this. Yeah, they're good. Um, so, yeah, anchovies and then just anchovy salt and then chili flakes. Mm-hmm. And you can also do sweet. Like sometimes I do maple syrup and Chinese five spice and stuff, but I prefer the savoury ones. So did any of them beat chicken salt for you? Um, I, I think the dill. Okay. Yeah, the, the, the dill pickle. Yep. I'm a big okay. fan. Interesting. I'm still going on these anchovy salt ones, by the way, but. I'm hoping that you've got a, a beer under the desk for me, but <laughs> I don't see one. No, sorry. I'm just going to go and get one. I'll be back. <laughs> Emily, it's very hard to research pumpkin for Ingridopedia without being inundated with pumpkin spice. Did you find that when, yeah. you, were, when you were researching this? It's just like the internet is owned, the pumpkin internet is owned by pumpkin spice. And it's interesting because it's so not a part of Australian culture. No, no we don't observe no. pumpkin spice in this country. <laughs> no. So, yeah, it's weird to have like everything about pumpkin is pumpkin spice and you just have no idea what it is. Yeah. Well, let's fix that. Um, Emily, I've got some some cue cards there for you. Well, I like this because usually you have to say like, oh, so you ask, what is this? Yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm happy to be guided today. I've just given Emily some post-it <laughs> notes with some questions to ask me uh, as while I lift the lid on what pumpkin spice is and how we use it. Emily, uh, fire away with your questions. What is pumpkin spice? Good question. Uh, it's a mixture of spices designed for pumpkin pie, which is a, a sweet pie that's eaten in autumn uh, in in the Northern Hemisphere, in America uh, particularly. Um, Pumpkin spice, I I need to blow the lid off this to start with, does not contain pumpkin. Okay. Because this is interesting because I'm also doing something a little bit pumpkin spice related for my next fact and Mm -hmm. I'm still confused as to whether it has pumpkin or not. Okay. Well, this is for a chicken salt scenario. It's a chicken salt scenario. It is designed for pumpkins. It's not from pumpkins. So uh, foodhistorian.com, where I've got a lot of this information from, say uh, you're looking at a mix of spices like cinnamon, nutmeg, ginger, allspice, maybe cardamom, maybe cloves, maybe mace. So they're warming spices. It's an autumn dessert. Uh, so it's a, it's a collection of spices that are, are meant to kind of go into 
um, a pumpkin pie. Um, it was a, initially, it was just like you would make it at home, but from about 1931, they've been commercially available. The brand McCormick's were the, the first to put it out. Um, they're hard to get in Australia, but like a pre-mixed pumpkin spice is all over the place in the United States, particularly at this time of year. Mm. Okay. I don't know if this next question makes sense in this area, but why pumpkin pie? Well, interesting. Why would you need a, a pre-mixed spices for oh. pumpkin pie? Yeah. Well, uh, pumpkin pie is a big thing around this time of year in the United States. Um, and foodhistorian.com explains it as, in European cuisine, the most expensive foods were served around special feast days like Christmas and Twelfth Night. Fruitcakes were rich in spices, spices flavoured custard and puddings, and cookies flavoured with ginger, cinnamon, mace, nutmeg and cloves were all staples of the winter holidays. As spices became less expensive over time, they were used in other applications, but their association with the holidays and cold weather continued. And of course, Halloween is all Hallow's Eve. It's, you know, it's a holy holiday, albeit based on a, a pagan ritual. Um, so that, that would qualify as, as one of those times of year that you would use your most expensive foods uh, to, to celebrate and to, I guess, show off and show some of your, uh, your, your wealth uh, and standing in society. And in the United States, Americans flavoured the prolific native squash with the now familiar mixture of spices in a smooth custard pie and pumpkin pie was born. So it was basically the Americans adapting a European tradition for their, um, uh, I, I guess, for the, the produce that was avail available to them and pumpkins were available. So is pumpkin native to America? It is. Mm, interesting. Yes. That wasn't on the list. That was something mm. I thought of myself. Well, it's, it's native to South America, but it made its way north. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So like tomatoes and like basically everything comes from, from, everything good comes from South America. That is true. What's the weirdest pumpkin spice product, Ben? Well, from uh, a website called The Takeout, I will pick one because there's a lot. There's, you know, uh, Krispy Kreme pumpkin spice doggy donuts, for example. Um, yeah, there's all sorts of things. But the one I liked was the Hefty Cinnamon Pumpkin Spice Ultra Strong Trash Bags. Oh, like actual actual like rubbish bins bags for your yeah. bin, bin uh, bags for your bin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they will be available in September. Uh, so they're available now at nationwide retailers in the United States, like Walmart and Target. For $5.99, you can have pumpkin spiced <laughs> <Plastic>. trash. <laughs> and uh, you got one last question there, Em. Ooh, is there pumpkin spiced Coke? Well, no. And Yes. Uh, despite being announced as a mock product in 2018, pumpkin spice coke does not exist. This is a, a this is an April Fool's thing. It was a it was a, a kind of a, a attempted a viral marketing campaign for Diet Coke in 2018. A mock ad for a pretend can't even pumpkin spice flavored Diet Coke was posted on the brand's official Twitter page. Just as other companies are beginning to promote their seasonal pumpkin spice flavored offerings, this fall we're going full blown basic. Hashtag doesn't go with pumpkin spice, the tweet read. Um, I think just, it would probably taste all right. Well, let's just see. Because while it doesn't exist officially, uh, according to a YouTube user named It's Shaggy Time. Oh, Ben, I thought you were going to like whip out some pumpkin spice Coke that you made yourself or something. We're going to make it right now. Let's do it. Really? Yeah. You got some yes. ice there? Yes. <laughs> all right. So I've had trouble finding pumpkin spice mix. Uh, but the good news is it's just a bunch of spices that most of us have in our homes. So I've been able to make some pumpkin spice. Yeah, a couple, couple of ice cubes in each glass. Uh, it's shaggy time. We, you know, we can watch the video if you like, but basically it's um, a weird looking stoned guy. Um, 
mixing Dunkin' Donuts uh, pre uh, Dunkin' Donuts pumpkin spice coffee creamer. Yeah, uh, we didn't have any of that, so I've got. I've kind of had to make my Australian version. I've used Nestle Coffee Mate French Vanilla Flavor Liquid Coffee Whitener. Oh my gosh, I've never seen that before. I, I didn't. Where know did you get it? I from? got that from Coles. Oh. It's kind of yeah. There's weird. there's weird like powdered milks and things like that. I guess if you're going to keep them on the shelf of your uh, community group or something like that <laughs> yeah. for, to go with your Blend Forty Three. Um, so I've mixed a, a couple of a couple of for them a couple of little uh, little tubs of of them with my own pumpkin spice, which is uh, cinnamon, nutmeg, ginger, allspice, and a little bit of uh, clove as well that I crushed mm. up myself. So I'm going to give you a little, little bit of that. And I've got an icy cold Coke. That left over from our Coke episode. It's not, actually. It's left over from me tri- trialling it this morning. Oh, nice. It fizzes up nicely, kind of like a spider. Yeah. So we're adding a kind of fake milk product to a f- to a cola. So yeah, that's why I didn't need that much cola because it uh, it grows. Thank you. So here we go. Does pumpkin spice coke work? I'm getting spider vibes. It, it really is. tastes like a spider. I love how it's frothed up. And interestingly. Um, I, I could probably check from our, our Coke episode, but I'm pretty sure some of these spices are already in yeah, Coke. Yeah, it tastes like vanilla Coke. Well, there's, it's French vanilla creamer, so there is oh, a, right, there's a okay. bit of that in there. So I've had to really like dial up the – it's probably a bit gritty as I well. I can taste it. I can <laughs> feel the spices. Yeah, this, the, the clove was probably a bit grittier than it needed to be. <laughs> I actually really like it. I The vanilla is really overpowering, but it is like more like homely yeah. than – Coke yeah. would normally it's be. Got some war- it's got some warm. Yeah. You're getting a little clove in there. I think I can sort of imagine how it would go. Like mm. it would be more like vanilla Coke but with a bit of cinnamon to it. Mm, I feel Maybe very basic. Bit of a do- – yeah. Well, I, guess <laughs> I mean, it, I, I, guess it's I normally it. do, but <laughs> – Success. Okay, Ben, you said that pumpkin spice is basic. Mm. So before researching for this episode – when you thought about like a pumpkin spice latte, what were you thinking? I thought it was made of pumpkin. Yeah, but like what kind of vibe was it like? Was it basic bitch? Yeah, like Starbucks. Yeah. Venti, real sugary. Yeah. You're in, yeah, you, you, you're in your exercise gear, but you're drinking as much sugar as like basically <laughs> a whole bottle of Coke. Yeah. I'm getting like cringe. It makes me feel like oh, yeah. I wouldn't really want to be a pumpkin spice latte drinker. No. It's a bit cringe. But I mean, I've never had one. I just know it's not really cool and I don't actually know what it is. Yeah. So thanks for looking into what pumpkin spice is, but... When I think about pumpkin spice latte, I think about pumpkin plus spice. Yeah. Not as in like spice for pumpkin. Not just the spices for pumpkin. So I want to find out what a pumpkin spice latte actually is. And there was this really great article that came out in the New York Times recently called The Pumpkin Spice Latte Will Outlive Us All. And as you said, it was invented by Starbucks in 2003. So it's 20 years old. Mm. And it's a seasonal drink only available for a few months of the year. And... People say that part of its success is that it marks the start of a new season, a new Mm -hmm. time of year. It's like a ritual type thing. So I was thinking, do we have one of those in Australia, like around that same time? It's got to be hot cross buns. Yeah. 
Definitely. Hot cross buns is our pumpkin spice. 100%. But they're not basic. They're for everyone <laughs> and they're delicious. Yep. <laughs> um, so does the pumpkin spice latte have pumpkin in it? Ben, this is – I'm not going down the same Wait, track do you as wanna, you. Wait, do you want to write that on a post-it note for me? Emily, does <laughs> no. the pumpkin spice latte have Just, no, pumpkin in it? I'm – I'm um, confident in your abilities to ask questions <laughs> okay. when you need, unlike you with me, but that's fine. Um, so you don't think it has pumpkin in it based, based on based all the on research the you've done. three websites that I read. Yes. Um, so I also want to find out if it has coffee in it because sometimes ah. I get like lattes from cafes, like a rose latte, but yeah. then it doesn't actually have coffee in it. Or a chai just, latte. Yeah. Well, that has caffeine, doesn't it? I it's guess, like but it doesn't have coffee. That is true. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Good, good, good. So my plan was to go to Starbucks and get a pumpkin spice latte because they have them here. Yeah. Even though it's not the start of autumn, yeah. it's like the start of autumn in America. And because we're such a friggin' little byproduct of America, of course we have to have it because we can't miss out. Except we do miss out because even though you walk through the friggin' shopping centre, which is your idea of hell for 15 minutes and line up at Starbucks and then you get told that they run out of pumpkin spice flavouring. They run out. Yeah. Does that mean it, we're fiends it, for it? It's very popular then. Yeah, we're wow. mad for it. So they've, they've run out early in the season and I can't get a pumpkin spice latte to find out if I'm basic or not. <laughs> so I'm upset about that. Um, I tried to get some more intel out of the person and she said, yeah, they've just run out of the syrup and it's been wildly popular. Mm. So they can't make it. They've run out nationwide. Nationwide. Mm -hmm. Not there just in. There is no pumpkin spice, Starbucks pumpkin spice mixture in all of Australia. Yeah. Um, Whoa. So does it have pumpkin in it? The article also said that at first it had no real pumpkin. Mm -hmm. Starbucks's director of Espresso Americas said that, quote, developers realised there was something special around the pumpkin flavour, especially since there wasn't anything around pumpkin at the time. So the company experimented with different combinations and ratios of pumpkin to spice, ultimately deciding on a recipe with no pumpkin in it. Uh-huh. So I feel like... <sighs> there is a chance then that... Pumpkin spice might have pumpkin in it. Yeah. And but in this case, pumpkin spice lattes from Starbucks don't have pumpkin. But that doesn't mean if you buy pumpkin spice anything, garbage bags, for example, yes. they might have pumpkin. Well, that was back in the day when it was originally invented, but actually it does have pumpkin in it these days. Right. So in August 2015, Starbucks changed ah. the recipe to include pumpkin. And remove artificial colours. So the ingredients announced included a pumpkin pie flavoured syrup made with sugar, condensed skim milk, pumpkin puree, colouring and preservatives. Wow. So, yes, the pumpkin spice latte does have pumpkin in it now and it does have espresso in it. So the full ingredients are milk, pumpkin pie flavoured syrup, espresso, whipped cream, vanilla syrup, cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg and cloves. Uh-huh. And we still don't know what it tastes like. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> drink more of this pumpkin spice Coke. Then. I know, but I'm sh I really actually, they've made me want it. Like I've never wanted a pumpkin spice latte before and now I'm like, well, I can't we get fallen? it. So now I freaking want it. Have we and, fallen for viral marketing? Well, next. And brought our listeners along with us? Next September 1, guess who's going to be lining up at Starbucks? <laughs> All of the ingredients. <laughs> Okay, thank you, Emily. I you brought into evidence the year two thousand and three. Yeah, but uh, Starbucks 
been around for longer than that since the it's in 19, since 1971. Wow, it started to grow exponentially in 1980. 1990s coffee culture, they went sort of national and then international from there. Um, so let's talk about the 1990s. Why not? We talk about the 90s a lot. Yeah, I, is this like a way to talk about your band in Green Day again or something? <laughs> I wasn't going. To, that's not in my notes here. Um, but we do we talk about nineties food. We do talk about the fact that my band played with Green Day. That was in the year two thousand, though. Um, <laughs> we but we do talk about the nineties a lot, and we will talk a little bit about, about the music of the nineteen nineties. Um, but when we do, we inevitably mention food trends from the nineties that yeah. have stuck around past their use by date: balsamic reduction, mm. sun dried tomatoes, although. Maybe we can bring them back. Yeah, debatable, but yeah. Focaccia, that's made a comeback, but that was a real 90s food. <sighs> I'm not ready for that. <laughs> and the other the other 90s food, and I think maybe the most 90s food, is pumpkin. Yeah, pumpkin goes hand in hand with that balsamic glaze, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. So w- this is my contention. And focaccias. Yeah, and it's on, pe- and it's on pizza. Tomorrow. Yeah, they can probably put them all feta. in there. Yeah, it's all there. <laughs> yeah. It's basically... A vegetarian pizza from La Porchetta. Yeah, a little bit of rocket. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, so I want to talk about my contention that pumpkin might be the most 1990s ingredient. As an ingredient, mm. as a concept, as a pizza topping, <laughs> it is the most 90s. So I've got a little timeline to go through. Okay. The timeline starts in 1988, but you, you'll see why in a moment. In 1988, a band formed in Chicago called Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, okay. So uh, they reached mainstream success with Siamese Dream in 1992, which is possibly the most 1990s year of the 1990s. So pumpkins as a trend. There was also a, a local band called Wild Pumpkins at Midnight. Pumpkins were a thing mm. in, the, in the zeitgeist. Cinderella core. 1990, Pumpkin Patch, the kids' clothing retailer, opens in uh, New Zealand. I spent a lot of hours there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So again, 1990, probably peaks at about 1992. Mm. Also in 1990, the first La Porchetta franchise opens in Reservoir in Melbourne. The first of 80 La Porchettas. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense that it opened in Reservoir. That's right. Um, and now I've had a little, I, I ate a lot of La Porchettas over the, over the years. And I can tell you, there's a lot of pumpkin on that menu. There was a lot of pumpkin in the 90s and there's a lot of pumpkin still. I had a look at the, uh, at the menu for, I looked at regional Victoria menu. I went to the lapoketta.com mm. and uh, let's just sing the theme song for a second. <laughs> la, 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 Okay, so pumpkin pizza and pumpkin risotto still on the menu according to the La Porchetta website. But you well. wouldn't have got them in the 90s. Oh, yeah, pumpkin risotto. Yeah. You got that from La Porchetta? Yeah. Why? Oh, yeah. Well, I pictured you going for like all the meat option. Pumpkin gnocchi. That was always a big one. Oh, really? Yeah. At, at not necessarily at La Porchetta, but the pasta pot. I think I've talked about the pasta pot on Main Street Greensboro a few times. <laughs> Is this home brand pasta pasta? Basically, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, so that, well, they're on the, on, they're on the website now, on the menu now, um, as well as a roasted pumpkin salad. You know, that's, that's balsamic areas. Peak 90s. Okay, let's skip ahead a little a few years. 1997, Nigella Lawson publishes her first cookbook, How to Eat. Well, she's going to teach us some things about pumpkin. She's going to have a recipe for pumpkin puree, which will oh. be smeared on plates for the next 14 years. Oh, man, Nigella. Yeah. She didn't start off too crash hot. Well, well she... I mean, in some ways. <laughs> I'm sure. Nothing. <laughs> Nigella's always been hot. Is that what yeah, you're saying? That's yeah. What I'm okay. Right. Well, way to objectify a really <laughs> impressive person. Gosh, Emily. Um, okay. Let's skip forward to 1998. 
Groove Train opens. Oh, man. Uh, if you're not from, I don't even, I, I think they're national, but if you're not from Australia, Groove Train are a, uh, well, I remember the first one in, uh, actually, I don't even know if it was the first one. South Bank? Yeah, South Bank. I think yeah, it was the first one. Yeah, that's one I've been to. Maybe there was one on Brunswick Street that might have been the first one. Um, and, but they are national now. They're a sort of a, a, a restaurant chain, a sort of casual eatery that you'd probably describe as funky. Um, so I'll, in the worst way, yeah. And uh, so I went to their about section on their website, and under the heading "The Vibe," I'll read a little to you. <laughs> Every game changer has a story. Learn how the Groove Train signature vibe came to be. It started on the streets of Melbourne in the summer of '98. Rocky Veneziano saw an unfulfilled need in the Melbourne restaurant scene. He envisioned a restaurant that served flavorful, bold dishes that would appeal to any appetite. Reed Pumpkin. He saw a place where groups of friends came for the food but lingered over drinks and conversation because everyone was having too much fun to leave. His ideas came to fruition and caught on like wildfire. I'm going to put some, um, oh, who's that uh, Australian band? Um, the kind of like funky uh, skunk hour. I'm going to put some skunk hour underneath <laughs> this. Um, mental no- uh, production note. Ben, put some skunk hour under this. Um, it's nice that you can work in your own copywriting into the uh, podcast. <laughs> well, I, I wish they were a client. I wish I'd written this. The Groove Train spread across Melbourne, up to Brisbane, Darwin and Perth. Today there are over 20 restaurants spreading the Groove Train vibe and the trend keeps growing. Um, do you think they serve any pumpkin at Groove Train in? Oh, yeah. Okay, so the Nourish Bowl they've got. That wouldn't have been oh, around in the bowl. 90s. Do you know who else has a Nourish Bowl that's equally bad that I've had recently, unfortunately? <laughs> What is that restaurant that's like the Groove Train but it's in Eastland? It's like, oh, TGI Fridays. TGI Fridays, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. so they've got pumpkin. It's It's got pepitas and pumpkin, pickled red onion. You can add some smoked salmon. You can add some grilled halloumi. Um, but, yeah, roasted pumpkin, avocado, quinoa, spinach. They've also got a pumpkin and spinach risotto. Yeah. Uh, which has got semi-dried tomatoes in it and feta. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. And you can add roasted chicken. Uh, they've got Why a, not? Just... just the driest breast in the world. <laughs> They've also got uh, the veggie burger is a roasted pumpkin and chickpea patty. Yeah. Um, that, that's got beetroot relish, brioche bun. That's, that would be on a beetroot bun. Yeah. Uh, they've got a p- roasted pumpkin, beetroot and goat's cheese salad. Yeah. I, can, I think there's some balsamic drizzled there's on that a, somewhere. There's some dry rocket under that. Not yeah. Sure. Yeah. So um, that happened in 1998. So again, pumpkin looking very, very close to a, uh, to the most 90s of ingredients. But there's just one more thing I want to go to. 1999, Jamie Oliver puts out a book called The Naked Chef. Mm. I noticed that your copy isn't signed, Ben, unlike mine. It's not signed, Mm. but it is dog-eared. Do you like I think it's got some balsamic reduction (laughs) on the cover there. It's very well thumbed. Um, I've got some bookmarks in here. It's always fun to see. I I looked at my um, my return to The Naked Chef and um, the bookmark was – I don't know why I had the Australian newspaper, but uh, from 2005, <laughs> the corner of the, the newspaper was ripped out. Um, uh, he refers to it as squash in here, but uh, in, in The Naked Chef, there's roasted spiced pumpkin mm. and then there's a the pumpkin risotto. The pumpkin risotto is good. I'm still making that dish. I made it last night. Three generations of my family absolutely smashed it. It's a like talk no about leftovers. it a lot. No leftovers for you, Emily. I'm sorry. So that is my case for pumpkin being the most 90s of ingredients. And as somebody who peaked in the 90s, I can, uh, I can, I think I'm the right person to state the case. It doesn't really fit with the rest of the 90s 
ones though because I'm obsessed with pumpkin and I'm not obsessed with any of the others. But maybe I'm just doing it in a different way. Maybe you are. Maybe I've evolved pumpkin. <laughs> no, you haven't. You're still <laughs> real, real basic. Then I want to talk art, specifically food-related art. Okay. So I don't want to speak for you, but to me, it seems like your main kind of form of artistic expression is music. Yes. Would that be right? Yeah, that's correct. My, uh, my band played with... Green Day, did oh, I? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I didn't, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. That's so cool. Who, Green Day? Um, just a rock band. Don't worry about it. Um, have you written any songs about food, though? Uh, yes, Lemon Pez. Mm, uh, I knew that one, but I wondered if there was any more. Uh, I don't think so. I can't okay. think of any. Well, there's some synergy between us here because I don't do much like art now, apart from like writing, but in high school for my visual communication design subject, I made cardboard Pez dispensers ah. with cartoon characters I designed on top. And then every art project I've ever done at school was related to food, like working with clay, making a clay roast dinner, designing packaging, making a box of bacon cereal, so on and so forth. So we're not alone in our food-related artistic pursuits. One of my favourite artists is Pumpkin Obsessed. Have you, do you know Yayoi Kusama? I don't think so. I think you do. She's like an iconic female Japanese artist and you oh. would have I think she does those infinity rooms. Yeah. Like with all the lights and mirrors and stuff. And she had a big interactive work at NGV in 2017. Yep. Um, where you, you stuck those gerbera stickers on everything in like a big house type thing. Mm -hmm. But she's best known for pumpkins and she's created pumpkin sculptures, pumpkin paintings, pumpkin infinity rooms, pumpkin print shoes, so on and so forth. So I think... The pumpkin she's most well known for is on an island in Japan called Naoshima. I think the island's called that. So I've visited this. I've seen the two-meter yellow pumpkin with black spots and it's at the end of this pier overlooking the sea and it's like so, so beautiful. But sadly, the pumpkin th is no more because it was swept into the sea by a powerful typhoon. Oh, no. And this was in 2021 and there are videos of this like iconic – huge, beautiful, comically polka dotty pumpkin just rolling back and forth in the waves, like breaking into pieces. It's like big, like James and the Giant Peach vibes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the good news is it's been recreated oh. with tougher materials and it's kind of there, but it's not like the original. But I did want to find out from Yayoi Kusama why pumpkins. And in a 2015 interview, she said, I love pumpkins because of their humorous form, warm feeling and human-like quality and form. My desire to create works of pumpkins still continues. I have enthusiasm as if I were a child. Hmm. So that was from an interview from when she was 88. So that means she's probably 95 now, I guess, eight years. Uh, 96 maybe? Yeah, maybe 96. So I mean, if pumpkin can make you feel like a kid at that age, it's doing a lot of heavy lifting. Um, in pumpkin, we trust. <laughs> it's very interesting that you've brought pumpkins and art into evidence, Emily, and and also large pumpkins, because I want to talk about both of those things. And the first thing I want to talk about, I wouldn't normally go to the world's biggest when we talk about an ingredient, because it just seems a bit obvious. Mm. But I had to this time around because the world record has just broken not long ago. Like it's in the, it was in the news literally while I was researching this oh, episode. Wow. Um, 
the world's biggest pumpkin, the world's biggest, the heaviest ever pumpkin was crowned recently. Okay, it better be measured in Olympic swimming pool. Uh, no. It's not quite that big. <laughs> I will play you this clip and I'll let you have a In Half Moon Bay, a giant pumpkin set a new world record. Travis Ginger of Minnesota came with a 2,000. Okay, it's a rather large pumpkin. Pound monster. Look how excited he is. It's the shape the of it. Half Moon Bay SUV. Off this afternoon. Now that is about the same weight as some. Some. Ooh, is it a guessing a game? Sedans. Just to give oh. you an idea, the winner told us that he was even surprised. An American sedan, aka our SUV. Yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting it, but. Uh, I'm so glad it happened, you know, worked my whole life to do that, and uh, yeah, I just can't believe that we did it. So he grew it. He grew the it. The pumpkin and yeah. the runners-up will be on display next weekend. He looks like he could lift it. Yeah, <laughs> he's, um, he's a high school agriculture teacher. He's been, right. growing, he's been growing large, like giant fruit uh, and vegetables for his whole life. Uh, and he's been he he had the American record and and has has topped it this year and um, I think it's like two uh, two hundred kilos heavier than the than the previous wow um, the the previous winner so he's he's really smashed the record but really the reason I wanted to talk about it is because the place that the weigh in happened was at a festival called the 51st Annual Half Moon Bay Art and Pumpkin Festival in California. So you're talking about art and pumpkins. Mm. There is an art and pumpkin festival, uh, just kind of exploring the, the festival website. Um, obviously, you can eat pumpkin-based foods there. They've got pumpkin milkshakes, mm. pumpkin beer. I tried to get some pumpkin beer for today. It is, there's some around, but I couldn't, couldn't get my hands on any. Pumpkin pie, cotton candy. Yeah. Well, I don't really like fairy floss, but I can see how that would be. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just excited that, um, and we've missed it for this year. Yeah, damn. It was a couple of weeks ago. But um, I've never encountered a truer celebration of the pumpkin. Uh, I want you to clear your diary for early October next year for the 52nd annual Half, Ma- Half Moon Bay Art and Pumpkin Festival. I think we need to uh, we need to go on an Ingridopedia excursion. Mm, make some 90 salads with it. <laughs> <laughs> we better pack our balsamic reduction. <laughs> okay, what did we talk about? I talked about pumpkin seeds, pumpkin spice lattes, and then some pumpkin art. I talked about pumpkin spice and made pumpkin spice coke. Then I explored the most 90s of vegetables, the pumpkin, and then talked about the world's largest pumpkin that was weighed in just recently. I just put heaps of pumpkin seeds in my mouth. I'm sorry, but yeah. So you can vote for who you think. Was. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. You're really disgusted at how long I was taking to get to my, to like to, to spit out what my my, my facts were. I thought I'd you have time to, to you eat needed something. to comfort you needed to comfort <laughs> eat some some pumpkin seeds. But yes, you can vote for whose facts you found the most interesting on our Instagram Ingredipedia. Um, and that's our pumpkin episode. Thanks for listening. See you later.